I've got the islands that let you eat chocolate. And I've got some chariot riots. Chariots. Chariot, yes. Oh, I didn't think of that. And welcome to Date Fight. Hello. Trudging bravely on through January. It's up to the 11th now. Yes. And this is the podcast where we take great moments from history and pitch them against each other. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we'll be taking two ancient oaks from the forest of history and felling them for your entertainment. That's horrific. Yep. That's what we do, though. That's it. We're destroying the mental environment for your pleasure. My brain is thoroughly deforested. My brain's like the Amazon right now. I don't need this. <laughs> Round one, I'm going to take us back to the 11th of January, 5.32, with the Nicker Riots. The what now? Nicker. Oh. The Nicker Riots. Oh, here we go. Have you heard of the Nicker Riots? No, because you've made it up. It's obvious. <laughs> it's, I'm not making it up. In, in Nicker... The, there was a chariot race, and there were teams supporting the chariot races. There were teams. There was a green team and a blue team, and after the race, there was such a riot that half of Constantinople was burned to the ground. Tens of thousands of people were killed, and the Emperor Justinian was almost overthrown. Wow! Riots were quite common after chariot races. Apparently, there were four teams: blues, greens, whites, and reds. And everyone in the city would have their favourite team. But not not only did it uh, mean that you. Uh, supported that team when you were in the Hippodrome. It also meant that you tended to hang out with people from that team. They sort of represented various social classes and they had them instead of sort of street gangs and political parties, um, essentially they had groups of chariot hooligans and you had to pick one if you lived in Constantinople. Uh, Justinian, the emperor, wasn't very popular because he'd imposed some high taxes to pay for his war with Persia. Also, he wasn't noble, so the nobles didn't like him very much. Um, And so the Blues and the Greens had a huge riot after one of the chariot races, and lots of them were arrested for murder because lots of people died during the riot. <laughs> Two of the Blues and Greens escaped from... weren't executed, they escaped from jail and went and hid, uh, took sanctuary in a temple, at which point the temple was surrounded by other Blues and other Greens having more of a riot. So to quell the riot, Justin, Justinian said, let's have a chariot race! That'll solve everything! <laughs> The perfect logic of it. <laughs> At which point, after race 22 of the chariot races, and that seems quite extensive. I mean, I think you could have calmed them down with one or two. They wow. did 22 chariot races, by which point everyone in the Hippodrome was chanting, Victory! Victory! And they stormed Justinian's palace and stood outside for days, setting fire to half of Constantinople and killing tens of thousands of people. Wow. Oh, he, Justinian thought about running away, but his wife wouldn't let him. She said, Never will I see the day when I am not saluted as an empress. She'd rather be dead than not be empress. Crikey. So he sent out someone who I think must be called Narses. I don't know how you pronounce It's N-A-R-S-E. Anyway, Narses, who was a eunuch, he sent him out to see the Greens and the Blues, who were still had control of the Hippodrome and most of the city. Everybody loves a eunuch. <laughs> Everyone loves a eunuch. Especially if, like Narses, they're a eunuch with a bag of gold. Uh-huh. So the eu- <laughs> Narses, the eunuch with the bag of gold, went to see the head of the Blue team, and or the Blue supporters, and he said, you know what, I mean, secretly, Justinian is on your... He is a Blue. He doesn't like the Greens. Um, um, also, here's a big bag of money, so why don't you not go home? And the Blues clustered together, and they thought about it for a while. They went... Yes, all right, we'll go home. And off they went. They went home. And then it was only the Greens left in the uh, Hippodrome, at which point uh, all of the 
Imperial troops came in and slaughtered everyone who was left, killing 30,000 people in one day. Good gravy! And that was the Nicker riots. Wow. Which I think were important because they show, even back then, politicians were prepared to pretend they supported a, uh, some sort of a sports team just to gain popularity. And also the utter pointlessness of sport. Yes, absolutely. Watching someone you don't know do something you can't do in a place you've never been is not anything to attach your sense of self-esteem to, I don't think. Yeah, especially when you've arbitrarily chosen who that is. I mean, if you're saying <laughs> it's not even a geographical location that you can identify with, it's a completely arbitrary colour. <laughs> I predict that it's like when um, David Cameron kept forgetting who he said he supported as a football team, because clearly he doesn't have a football team. <laughs> And kept saying, I support West Ham non Villa Spurs. <laughs> United. Very good. I've got the 11th yeah. of January, 1922. Ooh. Now, have you ever heard of the Islets of Langerhans? The Islet? No, I haven't. What are they, please? Well, I'm pleased to tell you that uh, you own them. Do I? Yes. Hooray! Why not set sail? Except for the fact that uh, they exist inside your pancreas. Oh. That's not... Uh, the Islets of Langerhans, <laughs> yes, which sort of suggests a fun kind of Richard Branson-y retreat. Yeah, precisely, I was about to say. Uh, Zoe, let's get packed up. Come on, we're off to the Islets of Langerhans. Yeah. Well, a guy called Edouard Laguesse in 1869, what? he laguessed that maybe these little nubbles of cells produced secretions that might play a regulatory role in digestion. Oh, I love a secretion. Oh, I love an islet. <laughs> now the Latin so, word for an islet or an island is uh, can't remember. Insula. Insula, yes, of course. Can you see where we might be going with this? Oh yes, they make your insulin. That's right. And on this day in nineteen twenty two, it was the first use of insulin to treat diabetes in a human patient. Uh they started on dogs. Of course of course. Why not? Big problem, of course, diabetic dogs. Because what could be more fun than collecting dog urine, oh. which was what they had to do? <laughs> uh, they found sugar inside it. <laughs> You've been watching me when we're not together. <laughs> yeah, the glamorous world of medicine. Hold the cup! Hold it! St anyway, it was a Canadian called Frederick Banting, and he had to get funding uh, from the University of Toronto. So in 1921, uh, he went to Toronto, and he said to... Uh, J.R. McLeod, the professor of physiology, he said, can, can I do some research here about, you know, this, this thing, this secretion from the pancreas? And uh, the guy said, mm, I don't know, OK, maybe I'll give you some laboratory space. So he got some space and he allowed uh, Banting to have two undergraduate assistants. Mm-hmm for the summer uh the thing was banting only needed one lab assistant <laughs> so uh there were these two lab assistants right charles best and clark noble they're right. just undergrads thinking what will i do for the summer yeah to decide who was going to be the assistant for the summer <laughs> they tossed a coin yeah charles best won the coin toss and he took the first shift and this was very unfortunate for noble oh because Banting won the Nobel Prize oh. and he shared half of his money and credit for the discovery with the assistant, Charles Best. No, what happened so to Clark the other one? Clark Noble missed the Nobel. Nothing at all. He doesn't, he doesn't even have a hyperlink on Wikipedia. Oh, man. Although, to, <laughs> Imagine to be fair, that. neither do I. So it's do you not, not? It's all right. No. I, I'm no. sure there'll be a listener right now who's going to be like, I'm going to do that. No. I do stuff on Wikipedia. 
10 years nice. broadcast media nothing anyway oh if anyone does do wikipedia stuff and is listening go on <laughs> and page. also that guy who should have won it for insulin you could probably add him as well and then we can feature we can feature you on date fights that's true <laughs> not that we source everything from wikipedia we might i anyway. did have to do my own birthday last year anyway so it's not yeah so uh I mean, this is pretty horrific. On the 30th of July, 1921, yeah. Banting and Best successfully isolated an extract, an Isleton, from Ooh. the islets of a, quote, duct-tied dog. Ooh. Now, that's a party. Yeah. And injected it into a diabetic dog, finding that the extract reduced its blood sugar by 40% in one hour. What? Fast forward then, uh, another six months, and January the 11th, 1922, a 14-year-old diabetic called Leonard Thompson mm. is lying, dying in Toronto General Hospital, and he's given the first ever injection of insulin. Guess what? He survived. It was so impure uh. that Thompson suffered a severe <laughs> allergic reaction. <laughs> but his pancreas survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his pancreas was fine and stayed with the family <laughs> and provided tremendous comfort. No, over the next 12 days, though, they tried to uh, refine the insulin. They worked day and night to do it. And they re-injected him on January the 23rd. And it worked and he survived. And uh, well, he, he, he died 13 years later uh, of pneumonia oh. at the age of 26. But prior to that, being told you got type 1 diabetes meant that you would be lucky to live for a few months. So, you know. Right. Whatever. Seems thank you. Right. I think we should just, well as, a, as a species, yes. we should pause and say a quick thank you to all the duct-tied dogs. Nowadays, it's pigs. Uh, we, get our, we get our insulin from the piggies. Mm. Oh, lovely. Uh, All thanks, pigs. Cheers, pigs. Happy birthday to subterranean troublemaker Arthur Scargill. <laughs> and <laughs> happy birthday to Mary J. Blige, whose Be Without You was named the most successful R&B song of all time by Billboard. She also is one of the only people to have both a nomination for acting and songwriting in the Golden Globes. Happy birthday to Matteo Renzi, who was Italian Prime Minister from 2014 to 2016, uh, became Prime Minister at the age of 39, the youngest ever Italian Prime Minister, um, and in 2014, Fortune magazine named the most influential person under 40, again, like Wikipedia, overlooking me. <laughs> Happy death day to Pietro Bembo. He was um, a cardinal who codified the Italian language. He invented the madrigal. What? Which is pretty good. He invented the madrigal. We actually know who invented the madrigal, and it was him, Pietro Bembo. And the typeface Bembo is named after him. <laughs> Happy death day to Louis-François Roubiliac, uh, the most accomplished sculptor to ever work in England. Despite being French, he's better than all English sculptors ever. Apparently. <laughs> I love that. That's an empiric evidence. This is the best artist. Barry, he was named the most accomplished Rococo sculptor. I mean, he doesn't do modern sculpture. He's been dead for too long. Oh, here we go. Um, also, happy death day to Tom Parry Jones, who invented the breathalyzer. Hold on to your lungs. Tom Parry Jones is in town. That's the death days. Lock up your old villa. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to take you back now to January the 11th, 1569. Are you? So am I. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yes. What are you going to talk about then? It could be thou. Yes, it could be thou. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was the first ever recorded lottery in England, and it was absolutely crackers because everyone was a winner. Everyone was a winner. Every ticket won a prize, and all of the money collected was spent on prizes. Yeah, it was essentially uh, an interest-free loan to the government for three years. Yeah, but yes, everyone got a prize, which is crazy and kind of brilliant. I guess it was kind of like um, premium bonds. Yes. It was pretty much like premium bonds on a shorter scale. It lasted for three years, though. It started in 1566. The draw happened on 1569. I do hope they had Dale Winton to do the draw in 1569. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Today's machine is scrofula. <laughs> and the, um, the tickets were so expensive that most people couldn't afford a whole ticket. And so there were brokers who would split them up into parts of a ticket. So you'd get shares in a ticket. And those brokers who gave you shares in a ticket were the people who later became stockbrokers once the lottery wasn't around anymore. Amazing. So, because the, the prizes were things like a, a plate. Yes, it's a silver plate. Like a silver plate. <laughs> so you go, congratulations, you've won a sixteenth of a plate. Yeah. And presumably the brokers would then have to sell the plate for you. Yes, I think they did. And probably take some commission off that. This is the beginning of all the racketeering banking business in the world. Unless they were just cutting the plates up into 16 parts and shaving little bits off, no doubt. Plate shavings. (laughs) What do you do for a living? Plate shaver? (laughs) And we have lotteries to thank for the existence of America because the Virginia company in 1612, when Virginia was failing as a colony, had a lottery in order to fund continued settlement in America. And people people weren't huge fans of these lotteries, were they? No. No, people. some people didn't like the lotteries. Well, the French certainly didn't. The French had tried one in 1530, uh, or 1530-something, um, And but because the only people who were rich enough to buy tickets just disagreed with the idea of it, it failed terribly, to such an extent that lotteries were banned for the next 200 years. Good Lord. Yeah. It was described by one critic. This, this is the uh, the Virginia companies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lotteries as the last struggle of the speculators on public credulity for popularity to their last dying lottery. <laughs> I mean, that sort very of sounds optimistic. like an old school version of Bitcoin to yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, it's very optimistic that that was the last gasp of speculators on public credulity. Yeah. Public credulity seems to be an inexhaustible resource. <laughs> the well has never run dry. <laughs> no. well, this is my business plan. What's it based on? Public credulity. Brilliant. Here's the money. There you go. You must be a member of the public. <laughs> It's dependent on the public being venal and short-sighted. Excellent! Have more! <laughs> Shall we tell people about our exciting new system for the what we're going to do now? Yes. We are going to. Every week, starting on Saturday, finishing on Saturday. Start Starting on Sunday, finishing on Saturday. We're going to put up polls on Twitter and Facebook for you to vote for who you think should win. And at the end of the week, we'll top them up and we'll see who the winner is on Sunday and there will be forfeits and all of that sort of thing. And we'll do that on the Sunday. How does that sound? It sounds good to me because this is backed by popular demand, as it, as in I, yeah, at least one person. Two people on Twitter two? wanted us to bring back the scoring. Well, that's that says it all, doesn't it? It does. So we won't have any more funny little stories. Now it'll be just back to, you know, teeth, bared teeth and knives drawn, yeah. stabbing at each other with historical fact. Yeah. Heaven forfend that you and I should just enjoy each other's company and stories. No way. Good. Well, I look forward to it because um, it's a new year and it's a new start and I'm looking forward to giving you one heck of a, a drubbing. Yes. I, I'm claiming 2019. I think I won the whole year. Oh, you did. That's very depressing. 
fine. Yes. Well, the humiliation but continues. It could all change yeah, tomorrow. It could do, but it's Although, not going no, to. You see, I don't trust the public vote because you're going to make them all feel sorry for you. You're yes. going to go, oh, Jake never wins. I'm going to vote for Jake's ones. Just yeah. no. The public are all... <laughs> I need to. Could we not have it moderated by experts as well? I think we've all had enough experts. <laughs> Okay, fair <laughs> Just need to check. Oh, wow. So you've got 11.7 thousand followers and I've got 13 thousand followers. So there's not that much in it. Oh, man. I imagine some of them are the same people as well. Oh, yeah. It's basically my mum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, we start then a new date fight, as in a proper fight, tomorrow. Do join us then. Tomorrow. Tomorrow.